0: Hello and welcome to another episode of fight on Montana. I am your host, Adam Healy with my co-host here, Angel Villanueva. We are here to take a deep dive into grizzly athletics. Uh, today we have, uh, a spring preview episode with, uh, offensive linemen and tight ends, uh, Mm -hmm. Before we get into the episode, we just like to remind the listener to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. You can pretty much find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts at, uh, and also find us online at our Twitter at Fight On Montana, also our Facebook page at Fight On Montana, and also Instagram at Fight On Montana. Mm-hmm. Hey, Angel, how you doing, man? Adam, what's up, brother? How you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm ready for some uh spring football, man. Oh man, I'm
1: excited, man. What first of all, what a weird time it is, just in general, <laughs> but at the same time, oh my god, football's back. It is and, things are starting to open up, the weather's getting better. You know, I think it's supposed to be in the 60s this week. You know, yep. I'm super excited about it. folks. Get your uh, vitamin D, get out in the sun, go do stuff, um, and come out to the games, man. So it's an exciting time. Um, it's an interesting time. Um And I think I'm really excited because it's the first time um, in my life that I'm really going to be able to experience, you know, a Grizz football game. Besides when I came as a recruit. So people that don't know out out there when I was getting recruited my senior year, um, they flew me out for the 2014 Grizz cat game. And let me tell you, it was a night game fireworks I felt like I was on top of the world. I mean I was freezing. It was like 50 degrees and you know I had a park on, you know, beanie dog everything. But man, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. So it brings back good memories. Um and so the only relevance to that story is come on to the games, come support man. It's it's gonna be a good time. I think we have some special brewing this year.
0: Yeah definitely definitely and uh you know just going into that they're they're allowing I believe like five thousand fans which um, I don't. I don't is, care what I
1: have to do, man. I'm clawing my way in that rotation. You know exactly, exactly.
0: How are you feeling, man? Because you know your first game back. Like, is that going to be a weird feeling for you? Like, you know, you you haven't been. You've been on the field. It's been a you know 18 month layover since mm-hmm. you last played. Yeah. But you know there hasn't been football.
1: Yeah. So there's a couple things that come to mind. First of all, I'm excited because I get I get to drink a beer on a Saturday. That's going to be a good time. Second of all, um. I don't really know what I'm going to feel. Um, I've talked to, you know, different players in the past. One of my, in the past, one of my really, really close friends, his name's uh, Cody Meyer, shout out Cody. Um, he was telling me, you know, cause he's been, you know, medically retired for a little while now. And he was telling me, he was like, Hey man, he was just like, when I first saw you guys, it got me a little emotional just watching you guys out there because it was one of those things, you know, you just miss so, um, so passionately, you know, being around the guys, being around the atmosphere, being able to run up that run out that tunnel, you know, it's a different, different experience. And so because of that, I've sitting here thinking, I was like, well, I hope I don't get emotional. I want to be emotional in front of everybody. You know, (laughs) at the same time, it's like, man, this was a huge part of my life. Yeah. And um, if I'm being realistic, you know, due to a big part of injury, it forced me to put myself in a position where I unfortunately had to step away from the game. It wasn't my initial kind of dreams. Obviously, being a kid, you know, you think about, I want to make it to the NFL. You know I want I want, to, I want to do something extremely special and really wear in that realm and so because of that it was it was like okay how can I do it how can I do it and I sacrificed my body and it got to a point where may, I might have overdone it a little bit um, and because of that I ended up paying for it and not being able to pursue it at the next level but let me tell you this I'm so grateful I think there was a plan set in place for me for for, for this life. And I think I'm following it and I'm, I'm going through with it. And I'm just going to keep it pushing, take it day by day, man. So to answer your question, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I'm excited about it. There's there's going to be some beautiful moments. And uh, I'm just ready to t- kind of soak it in, you know, just kind of like the last game. As a senior, you never really know what's going to come. Um, yeah. But when it comes, you know, you kind of sit yourself down and you're like, man, I'm going to cherish so much of this and uh, keep it with me. Wherever I go, whether that be in a professional career, um, or whether that just be on a day to day lifestyle.
0: Yeah, yeah, amen mm-hmm. with that, man. So, hey, we last episode we mentioned that Coach Cox was leaving yep. the program. We didn't know where. We oh, didn't know, you know. We didn't know where. So, yep. uh, we do know what he's going to Kent State. And yep. It's going to be the same position. It's going to be cornerbacks coach. So, mm-hmm. you know, we offer him. You know the the. You know great great uh great job out there and, and we wish him the best you know mm-hmm. we don't I, I don't blame him for taking a you know d1 job up in the Fbs level um mm-hmm. to kind of get his career going other than you know the FCS level so you can't mm-hmm. you can't fault him for doing that so you know what's funny I and I think some people might be able to relate
1: relate to this if they're you know a collegiate athlete coach Cox was a little younger than a lot of the other coaches. Mm -hmm. and so because of that i think him being closer to my age than he was some of the guys on the coaching staff it's a different type of relation it's a great relationship don't get me wrong but it's just a different type of understanding of each other because he you know grew up relatively a closer era of my style of football as opposed to you know traditional old school you know an old head let's just call him that and so so because of that (laughs) You know, it, it, it's such an interesting relationship. Um, he's a great man. Um, he's he's someone that inspired me. And he was always instantly, as soon as he stepped on campus, you know, he was just somebody that you can go to, somebody that you can talk to. And I think that's a big thing, being able to have players um, that 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 really appreciate you as a man outside of the coaching realm. Um, I think that's absolutely huge, and that's exactly who it was. And so I wish nothing but the best for him. We're going to miss him. Um, and so, Coach, if you listen to this, we need to get a beer soon. So
0: yeah, I'm in with yeah. well, well and it, it has to be as a player you know um kind of nice to have a play mm-hmm. a, a coach that isn't too far f- removed from the situation that you know yeah. the players are, are are hitting um you know not not to say that these um older coaches are not aware of it but you know times change and and mm-hmm. circumstances change uh, the world changes, you know, even with, with like social media, it changes. So yep. um, it's nice to have, ha, have some coaches on there that has th- some, you know, one youngster in them mm-hmm. or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. definitely. exactly. So, Hey it's man, what's that? Oh, nothing. I just said it's
1: an ex- exciting time for him. So I'm excited for him.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, we're going to go into the offensive line. Um, that's where we're going to head right now. Um, Obviously, uh, we're losing two big uh, offensive lines with Cy Sermon, um, center, and also yourself, uh, Angel. Um, That's what we're losing up front um, with experience. You know, going into this, you know, I was going through kind of some of the experience that we have. Um, We do have some experience. Um, We have, uh, with just offensive tackles, we have two seniors Uh, offensive guards we have two seniors and then offensive you know offensive line so that i have a question for you angel because they have offensive tackle offensive guard and then offensive line Mm -hmm. do you know why they jumble up that roster like that um first of all and is it just somewhere where they have that offensive line where the those players there are kind of uh versatile in that area so they don't know where to put them yet Well, a lot of people don't understand
1: this, but I was a terrible tackle, but I was a pretty decent guard. Okay. Um, And the only reason I know that is because a couple of times early on in my career, they threw me out of tackle, man. I was getting blown by, bro. Let me tell you so it was a rough situation. And so after that, after that one practice where I got put out a little bit of tackle, um coach came back. He was like, Yeah, we're gonna keep you aside. We're gonna keep you inside. I say great <laughs> choice. That's, awesome. that's, that's that's what it's supposed to be. So it, and it's it's one of those things from an outsider's perspective. You know, if you haven't really played that position, you don't know why it's such a different, you know, ball game stepping out yeah. there on the edge as opposed to the interior, one of the interior guys center and guard. But let me tell you, man, it's a whole new position in my books. You know, one of the things that's so unique about the offensive line position in general is that playing offensive line is it's a top sport. It's a top position. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of teaching that goes around that goes on in the realm of football. But when it comes to specifically offensive line from, you know, start to finish, it's all learned. You know, you think about receivers, a lot of receivers know how to run. they There's certain qualities to possess, you know, running really fast, know how to cut on a dime, you know, quarterbacks they probably been throwing for a long, long, long time. But when it comes to offensive line position, you don't see very many kids just stomping, stomping their feet, you know, back and forth, you know, trying to block somebody, you know, at a yeah. young age. So some when people transition and make that move from high school to college, it's a whole new world to them, you know. And so that's why maybe some guys are just able to manhandle some people at the high school level. But when it comes to bringing in technique against guys your size, it's a whole different game. You know, yeah. so It could be argued for a lot of the positions, but I truly believe that it's one of the only unique places um, where it's learned start to finish as opposed to coming in college. Some some guys have already some of those talents under their belt. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's just kind of interesting how they yeah. kind of group these guys because, you know, you have your offensive tackles, you have your offensive guards. Then you've got, you know, mm-hmm. eight, you know, roughly nine other guys where they've labeled them offensive line and you know, mm-hmm. a big portion of those guys are seven of them are freshmen, um, and then one junior, Skylar Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, with with that, it, it's it's kind of mm-hmm. telling to see as you know, so they're probably ca- trying to find out where they fit, like you said, um, and maybe developing them, maybe redshirting them as as they usually mm-hmm. do with with an upcoming um, lineman that they redshirt. So um, so, mm-hmm. Angel going into um the o-line mm-hmm. kind of give us a a look of you know going into a spring season um you're, you're battling you're lifting you know you're running a little bit you're lifting trying to get your you know your max weights um up and stuff like that um what other other type of things are happening during spring uh for an offensive lineman well,
1: there's a, there's, there's a lot that kind of goes on on a general basis. You think um, uh, the season's probably the hardest part about an offensive line and just maybe just a football player in general. No, I think to be a successful program, the springtime is a lot harder than it is actually in regular in-season. Um, and a big part of that is because of the training. You know, it's really one of the times in the year where it's a whole year before another season comes around so it's a time to really push the players into developing into the strongest the fastest the meatiest um sons of guns out there and so yeah. because of that there's a lot that goes into you know their dietary habits there's a lot that goes into um the workout habits you know you have winter conditioning on top of normal conditioning on top of lifting every single day and you're not lifting you know kitty weights you know in, yeah. in the football world you're yeah. you're doing up some numbers you're really destroying your body on a consistent basis and with that becomes a lot of rehab work as well. So a lot of people see, well, your season's over. You get a couple some time off. No, we'll probably go home for a week, maybe two, but we have to be back because of you know obligations to want to get better and be part around, be part of the team and head to those practices and everything. Few, far in between. And the biggest part about it is those dietary habits. You know, you hear it time and time again. I need to get to the gym. I need to get to the gym. No, you need to make sure you're eating right. And that's the Mm -hmm. toughest part about the offensive line position. And maybe you can even debate this with the defensive line, too, is those eating habits. You know, at one point when I finished football, I was sitting there thinking I was, you know, relatively healthy as far as, you know, what I was consuming on a day to day basis because there was a lot of really good food. You know, there was times where there was a lot of bad food, too, but really good food. But I was eating close to 10,000 calories in a day. You oh, know, wow. you you know, you you read, you watch those videos. JJ Watt, twelve thousand calories, and you're like, "Whoa, I can never eat that." And then you really start sit down and you consider those really heavy, dense foods that you're eating on a consistent basis as an offensive line, and you sit there and you can't help but feel, you know, kind of disgusted with yourself. Oh yeah, fit, fit, being three hundred and twenty ideal weight and uh, for by for anybody, you know, but it was what so calls for that position, and so I mean. A lot of people know my story. I'm I'm pretty open. I'm pretty honest with it, you know, but I I struggled from it right after my injuries. So for people that don't know, I have nerve damage that runs down my right leg. It's kind of a fun fact that I like to tell people that I played my senior season um, essentially with a peg. That's kind of like the joke that I kind of throw around. Um, But because of it, it's permanent. And that's that's because I have some disc damage that ended up tearing the nerves that kind of connect to my right leg. And so that's why I had such a terrible junior season. You know, a lot of people were saying, what's, what's the deal? What's wrong with you? You know, and it wasn't necessarily that the drive wasn't there, the motivation wasn't there, but it was just like I, I couldn't feel my leg. You know, going from two yeah. legs to one leg, it's a huge position. And being that big and trying to move somebody else, I had no strength, I had no power, I wasn't accustomed to it. You know, on top of that, I had a hip surgery too. You know, uh, on my bone, it looked like what looked like a, like a hook that basically was tearing up everything that Ugh. was in my leg. So because of that, I ended up having like an eight-hour surgery because there was so much um, crap in that one area that I ended up that kind debris. of starting bleeding, started bleeding yeah. really aggressively. So it took a longer time to get in there and fix it and repair it. So I'm just grateful I had you know, a great team kind of behind me to be able to help out with that. But even then, it was one of those things, you know, it, it was supposed to be both things were relatively – Smaller on a smaller scale when it comes to the sports world, but it took me well over a year to get adjusted to it. And so, because of that, I, like I told you, the dream was always NFL, the dream was yeah. always pursuing something bigger, you know. Especially where I'm from, I was like, okay, this is it's this or nothing, you know. And that's mm-hmm. where you get into that conversation of you know, a lot of people only have a plan A, they don't have a plan B because they yeah. th- that means that there's their self doubt. But in my case, you know, I kind of wish that I, I did have a little bit of a plan B, you know, because leaving football was one of the toughest things I ever had to do. And in that process, you know, I got really down on myself and uh, I got to a point where I was aggressively eating. I'm talking about every single meal I was going to try to eat fast food. I was going to you know, make myself really uh, terrible meals for myself because I felt, for whatever reason, comfort in that at the time. Everybody mm. has a little vice, Mine was food. It got to yeah. a point where I was 350 pounds, damn near, you know, wow. two pounds, maybe shy of that. But still, you got to a point, you know, where on top of that, having one leg and that that constant back pain and not being able to pick up, you know, and it was months. I was so used to working out so aggressively and so hard that for the first about two, three months, they were like, yeah, you can't pick up anything over five pounds.
0: You really? Pick bag, wow. You know,
1: anything over five pounds, you're going to mess yourself up and you're going to put yourself in an even more crippling state.
0: And wow. I said, well, literally
1: for for two months, you know, I was kind of it, you know, kind of taking it really slow, going small walks, if anything like that, and then kind of the feeling sorry for myself. Said and it got to a point where, like, man, I'm really digging myself a hole. Shout out, Coach Nicholson. He's at uh, Illinois State now. Yep. Uh, he was a huge, huge factor and a huge support in kind of you know that transitioning to be able to be a successful player uh, that last year. Um, but I was in his office every single day. And one of the things that he told another player, um, he said, hey, you, could only, you can either crawl yourself out of the hole that you've dug yourself into or keep digging it deeper because you feel sorry yeah. for yourself. Or, yeah. So because of that, I, I really took it to heart. And I was like, you know what? That's not going to be me. It's where I sat down. I had that real deep reflection. And I said, hey, you know what? How do I want to end my career? Because I'm going to finish it. But it just depends how I want to finish it. You know, yeah. I took it upon myself. I dropped over, you know, almost fifty pounds. I was, I was, you know, before the season started, I was about three, two ninety nine, three hundred, three hundred two, and I got to a point where maybe I finished it around three ten, just because I realized I need to be a couple pounds heavier to be able to really move some guys. You know, it was that sweet spot. Yeah. But you know, and it just kind of transitioned into that. So the eating habits are really intense. You know, and it, yeah. you hear that you hear that that line: "You are what you eat," because you really are. You know, you're eating eating fatty burgers all the time and fries all the time. You're not going to be an optimal athlete. No. And so those young guys that are listening right now, take your nutrition seriously. It is 85% of the battle. I promise you, you won't regret it. That last year was the proudest year, and it's the one that I'm I'm least regrettable about. I'm not regrettable about any of the years, but if I was, that would be one year that I'm not. Yeah, know, because of of my 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 decisions as a young man and transitioning, having support staff, you know, being engaged, being attentive, being there, you
0: know, half the battle. You know, well, and Angel, I got two questions, like, or two yeah. kind of two kind of realms going off of that that eating habit area that you're yep. talking about. Yep. So, you know, one's about the the roster, and then one's about. Uh, mental health. So, um, quickly I'll go to the roster one and then we can go back into the mental health one. So, um, they had posted on, on, uh, uh, go Grizz the, the weights actually of the offensive linemen, And you can go down here and you can see some huge weights, you know, uh, Dylan Cook added 21 pounds, Colton Kynes, 13 pounds, Colin Beaver, uh, 15 pounds, uh, Tyler, um, uh, Ganoing, I think I'm going to say his name. Ganong, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Ganong, uh, eight <laughs> pounds. Sorry, Tyler. Um, you know, you know, you have t- t- uh Cordell and Moses that lost weight. Um, Skylar Martin added 11 pounds. Now, is that necessary weight? I know that it, it, it's probably necessary weight going into a season because you're going to probably lose some of that weight with, with some of the activity and stuff mm-hmm. that you're going to be, um, doing and it's going to be kind of um that weight's not necessarily like it might be muscle but it also might be uh, a little bit of weight that protects your body as well is that accurate yeah 100% you look at it it's fluff
1: Uh, some some of it is fluff you know you see those guys that's why uh, there's very few guys there's a lot of guys but there's very interesting in general that are 325 pounds that look you know just shredded you know very, very few, far in between, and so because of that, it's like okay, well, you have to eat a couple of bad things, yeah. you know. There's, you need calorie dense foods. You need to put yourself in a position where it's, it, it's, it's a lot, you know. And so those guys took it upon themselves because that's their job, that's their responsibility. Their oh, yeah. job is to play that position, and one of the things to be the most optimal man to move somebody six inches across a line that's you know, damn near just as heavy as you, that's what it requires. You got to eat some to some stuff that's really calorie dense and put yourself in a position to succeed. And on top of that, those guys are, are, are some of the most dedicated people I've come to know, you know. I think you can say that a lot about football players, but when it comes to offensive line specifically, you know, the way that they, you know, they take this not even just seriously but really to heart, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to, to Beave. When he was a freshman and he was telling me he was like man i'm struggling to put on that weight you know uh, how do i do it you know how do i do it so i remember just give trying to give him as much advice as i could because i'm one of those guys that i can gain weight like nothing but i can't lose it for anything and so just having that discussion of okay well let's try this let's try this you know because he really wanted to be a good football player he came in i think it was might have been under 220 you know 220 some change you know, to see what he's transitioned to, this monster of a guy that has an opportunity to play at the next level, goodness gracious. You know, you yeah. look at Mo that came in at, at what, three, 360, 370 maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. You think about his transformation and how athletic he is as as, as a young man, it's absolutely incredible. You think about Skylar Martin, you know, he's always – Skylar Martin, the thing about that is that he's the best sixth man that you ever want on your team. Yep, you know? yep. I I trust Skyler with my life. I'd be willing to go war with, war with him ten out of ten times,
0: you know. And just kind of going down the line. Uh, you don't I don't think it. he's like the utility knife too, because you could put him anywhere and he'll just anywhere do it. and anywhere. that's anywhere. Rare. And yeah, that's anywhere. I actually had,
1: had a had a conversation with Coach Shen, uh, you know, a long time ago, early on in my career, and I said, hey. What's really the, the biggest difference between or a big difference between you know college and NFL guys? It was just like well the thing is if you want to really have an opportunity you got to be versatile in the NFL yep, move around. You, yep. You got you got to be playing left guard, right guard, left tackle, center, move up and down the field. If they transition to tight end, you better be the best damn tight end to ever walk <laughs> this earth. You know. So yep. those guys those guys are really taking it seriously, man. And it, and it's it's just awesome to say that I know them because I think they're great men that take this really extremely seriously to heart and that they're ready, you know, to really showcase what they can do because they've earned it. They worked hard. All of them have incredible stories. We'll get into that. We'll have them on the podcast. So make sure you guys are uh, staying consistent, you know, with listening to us because we have some awesome stories. Um, And they're going to be real. They're going to be gringy. um, And they're going to get really down to the mud about some of the, you know, the harshness and the the realities of of what it's like to be a student athlete because, Adam, we put on this persona um, that shows, um, in the world that we're this strong, uh, this capable, uh, this perfect, um, son of a gun on reality where, well, there's, there's a lot of struggle that, that plays into it. And that, uh, that we want to, um, I think there's some th- that we want to, and I think a lot of people can agree with this to, to at least share, to let people know, Hey, you're not alone in feeling like this.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's go into that. Cause you know, uh, I always like, I call it the silent killer, you know, yeah. um, that, you know, not a lot of people like to talk about yeah. um, a, for a long time. It was um, something that um, was looked upon badly, uh, mm-hmm. especially not to be sexist, but for a male to have a mental health issue mm-hmm. um, was looked at as you're not strong enough. You're not, mm-hmm. um, a, you're not a real man, you know, yeah. um, you know, having uh, my wife as a counselor, um, mm-hmm. you know, having, you know, ha- had, you know, it, it is, it its probably the most healthiest thing you can do to go talk to someone about yep. your feelings and to yep. get checked up. Um, so, you know, those people that are out there, if you need help, please go get help. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not too late. It's mm-hmm. never too late. Put in the work. Yep. And, and, and it, it's, it's something that can, you know, be rewarding can be, you know, I I've had a lot of friends that are, you know, have went through some hard times, some dark times that have gone out of it and have you know either been counselors or been mentors or something like that and mm. it, it's it's not something that they have to hide. Um yeah. it, it's something that you need to put out there. There's a lot of people that can help you. Yeah. Um and especially with football, Angel, um I think that mental health side um you know, I I talked to Ellis Henderson uh about oh, yeah. his his uh battle with depression. Um, and you know, I'm not trying to promote the podcast, but man, if, if you guys want to hear, you know, what he went through, um, I totally, totally check out the episode a while back about with him. Um, he really is something to, to realize what he went through Mm -hmm. and, um, just the dedication that he has and and just where he's at now. Um, let's go into some of the mental health side, you know, with losing weight, gaining weight, um, and just yourself, you know, you, you had injuries, you know, your whole life was working towards getting to a goal where you're playing college football or NFL, you know, you're getting hurt. You know, you're honestly going to get, you're going to get that mental health side of, Oh, you know uh, what do I got? I got to get back. I I, I need to, you know, play through the pain. I need to you know get back out there. I might lose my job. Mm -hmm. I might position Mm -hmm. and that, that tends to make sure that, or, go into mental health Mm -hmm. um so let's go into like what kind of issues were you dealing with yeah man and uh i'm i'm extremely comfortable so if anybody
1: wants to talk off you know off the podcast and just you know shoot me a private message and just have this conversation of some experiences or maybe some resources Mm -hmm. um i'd love to just be able to be resource in that type of way for anybody it doesn't matter who you are whether a collegiate athlete or just you know a normal person that um, struggles with their day-to-day life, I'd love to be able to be a resource. Um, Thinking about me personally, um, if you ever met me, I don't think anybody could ever really tell um, that I've ever had any mental health issues. I'm relatively pretty positive um, for a number of reasons, and um, it's only ever got better um, because of some of the things that I'm learning um, on a day-to-day basis and how I treat my body and what's going into my body. But, yeah, there was times where I was depressive. There was times where I was suicidal. There was times where I was, you know, for the, my whole collegiate career, I was filled with anxiety. And, and a lot of athletes could probably relate that if, you're, if you know what it's like um, and this is a small example, but just to potentially be right late for you know early morning workout, that anxiety is is consistent. It's constant. It's all day long. It eats at your soul. It, your, it's eat at your, it eats at your heart. You know, I remember um, when I was a student athlete that we'd have an early morning workout. I'd get up, go get it done, um, come home, eat breakfast, get a class. And then if I had a 30 minute, 45 minute gap, I would race home and crawl back in bed. You know, and I I I I exhaust every minute to be in bed because I was so uh not hateful, but just so anxiety driven and depressed to get back to the real world. And at one mm-hmm. point it was just like, okay, this is what it's this is what it is. The, the, this is the lifestyle that I'm gonna live for the rest of my life, you know, and I, I'm not directing this to mm-hmm. football, but I'm just directing it that. I've experienced these things during my time and I'm sure that there's other athletes that have have as well. You know, I, I know many personal that that are done playing the game. Like you had mentioned Eric Henderson, you know, when it comes to mental health, I'm glad that you said, go talk to a professional because TJ Renard, his in store is absolutely incredible. You know, he played a couple of years back. I think my 2015 freshman year was his senior year, maybe the following year. Um, but he, seeks out a guidance counselor in the mental health profession on a consistent basis you know he has a therapist where he talks to and he's open mm-hmm. and he's honest about it you know on top of that caleb lines i've had multiple conversations when i was he kind of struggling he he can tell he could tell mm-hmm. you know he came up to me and he brought it up to me he didn't say much he said hey man i'm here for you shout out Caleb lines by the way i know he was out in miami enjoying himself the other day uh <laughs> but uh yeah, man, he's, he's it's phenomenal, man. I just, it's, it's on my heart. I think about those types of people all the time. So I, I implore you, go reach out to somebody, go talk to somebody, you know, go be that person for somebody else, you know? And so because of that, um, yeah, I mean, I've struggled with it on, on a personal basis and it's really just, it's, it's I've heard this quote um, one time um, and, it, and, and it, there are, I heard a couple that actually kind of stick up and one of them that ha- happiness is a job finding happiness on a consistent basis. It's a job, you know, it's being stuck at home for me. It, it, it was easy to do. You know, it was easy to stay. It was easy to stay in bed, you know, and just kind of sit there and sulk in it. But it was hard to get out of bed and go, you know, find something that's purposeful. You know, I think uh, um, uh, a guy that I listen to pretty frequently, he, he has said uh, to find um uh, what makes you to to find happiness is a luxury, but to find what's meaningful is, your respo- is a responsibility. And I think for a long time, I, w- I was trying to find out what was meaningful to me. I was happy to be there, and I was grateful for the opportunity to be, you know, a first generation graduate graduate, you know. But at the same time, it took me a while to find out the meaning and the purpose behind why I was there, you know. And so once I figured that out, it took me a little while. Um, some people find it a lot sooner, some people find it a lot later, some people don't ever find it, you know. But once I found it, you know, it changed my perspective on what I was doing for, for myself and with myself. You know, I made sure to get out of bed and stay out of bed. You know, I made sure to go get that sunlight, go get on walks, go do yoga on the weekends, go, you know, take some days for yourself, whatever I needed to do, make those yeah. sacrifices. And that's why I always say that was a product here in my life. Because it truly changed my life for the better. And I still practice those habits on a daily day basis. And I'm I'm talking about it with people all the time, you know? And so if you guys need any tips, um, I'm no expert. All I know is what's worked for me. And so if you guys have any of those things, um, reach out to me, man. Reach out to yeah. me. What about you, Adam? Have you ever, you know, I know, I know you've had a little bit of a a little bit of a of an athletic career when you were in high school. Um, yeah.
0: um, so did you ever experience any of those types of things? You know, I, I've had family that have had uh, mental health issues yeah. um, that, you know, anxiety, depression. Yeah. Um, and so it it's in my family. You know, I go through it. You know, the winter months are hard, man. There's, there's yeah. less vitamin D. Yeah. Um, w- especially with this pandemic, you know, being stuck in. Man, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I'm not good with, I, with just stuck in a house. I've got to be able to move. I've got to be able to have a structure a schedule where i'm i'm on that schedule when i'm just stuck at home this pandemic has sucked about that mm-hmm. um yeah. and so i can't imagine um what it has done to those players yeah. uh not having that structure Huge not having problem. um just anybody like yeah. you, you, those players basically were on an island stuck in yeah. their house even those basketball players this year yeah yeah so you had, they also, had that yeah, they had basketball, but they they didn't even like some of the freshmen this year. They commented on on a show that they don't even they don't even know what Missoula is like.
1: Yeah, but think about that. Think about they being don't... stuck in your room because yeah, uh, I mean a lot of people say they're stuck in their house, but imagine being stuck in your room like you exactly. can't leave the room exactly. You
0: know? exactly
1: because of the sacrifice that you're making for this team. You can only sit there and imagine, you know, you can only play Call of Duty for so many hours a day. You gonna yeah. do schoolwork for so many hours a day. You know, yeah. it gets to a point. Where it's like, okay, what do I do? You know, exactly. It's kind of funny. I was listening to a, a, a different podcast, and one of the things that they talked about was um was uh, just kind of a concept that if if human beings lived on an island that, that dream island, right on the beach, mm-hmm. you know, you're hanging out all day, it's sunshine filled, and you know, just being there, you'd get bored. Oh, you yeah. get bored really, really quick, and yep. you know, and like you'd get to a point where you're you're probably get kind of sad, kind of depressed, you know, kind of lonely. Can you even imagine just being uh, stuck in four walls, four, in four walls, walls and yeah. bed, and TV? You yeah. know, because that's what it really is. Yeah. You know, Damn, just some of those players, and so I, I hope, I hope that those players were good. I think we're on the back end of things where things are going to start opening up, and we have those opportunities to you know to be around the guys. Because really, being on the team, that's all you got. Yeah. All you got I- is. The, the people around you because not to say that you don't have friends, families, and relatives that you can call and text and FaceTime, but when it comes to on a daily day basis, being around your brothers, that's all you have right then and there. You know exactly,
0: exactly. I really hope that you know the university really looked at that and and was proactive in that and kind of made some um, some things available. You know, uh, my wife does telehealth. Um, mm-hmm. And that's exploding right now yeah. because people are are able to go and get counseling via yeah. the web. Um, yeah. And so I really hope that, you know, the players, the basketball players, they're, they're, they're going through that, that they had that ability to reach out to to talk to someone. Yeah. And but also even to have some check ins with those players and have those meetings, you know, hey, where are you at? You know, yeah. where, where, where's where's your mental health at? Yeah. You know, I, I are you do think, yeah,
1: I do also think that there are some great resources out there Um, that, you know, the university partners up with. And I just hope that the players are taking advantage of it. If that is something that they're struggling with, you know, yeah. I can only speak from my perspective, and know that I have struggled with it. So I would just hope yeah. that if anybody else, you know, look into the research that you have. On, on campus, look into the resource that you have um, at your job or just in the community in general. There, there's there's places out there that are willing to help that have services that you can take advantage of that are even free. You know, so, so it's yeah. just, you know, shout out to those businesses. And so, um, yeah, and like I said, if you guys have any questions about that, just reach out to me. It's it's something that I'm extremely passionate about that I'm never going to stop being an advocate for um, mm-hmm. and that I want to, you know, as as this podcast grows and gets to a point where, you know, where we're, we're talking about some real conversations and real, you know, kind of hard to talk topics, you know, I if if I, I want to be an advocate for it, I want to stand up for it. And so if anybody else you know, has anything to say about it, I'd love to hear your opinions on it. Exactly. You know, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Let me hear your perspective. You know, I think me as a person i'm transitioning to a place where i, I listen first and then speak you know mm-hmm. it's been something i've been practicing a lot for the past couple years um and so because of it i'd love to listen you know i'd love mm-hmm. to hear what other people have to say about it so reach out to me guys uh comment down below um let us know what you guys think you know everything a few far in between even if it's something that's not grace related you know i still love to talk about it so yeah man
0: well, and, and and just with that, Angel, you know, going into you know mental health, like yep. like you said, I think you said you know you were dealing with some depression and stuff, and then you're just eating, eating to eat. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, amen, man. I am the same same way. When I'm going yep. through something, I just yep. want to fill my emotions, eat yep. my emotions out. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know I, what it is. There's something I don't know. Bad food, yep. you
1: know, that temporarily, you know, you think that it's going to solve those problems, yep. you know, and and it, it's it's disheartening to say that some people get into some serious stuff out there. You know, yeah. I'm talking about alcohol on a consistent basis. Um, I'm talking about drugs on a consistent basis and eventually get to a point where, you know, they have to leave the program, leave the team because, you know, they can't stay away from those types of things. Yeah. You know? and, and whether it be antidepressants, whether it be, you know, perks from an injury, you know, those are real conversations that we need to be having because it's, yeah. it's a strong, strong reality, you know. Like I said, I mean, I've, I've I've, been fortunate enough that I never have to experience that. I don't have an addictive personality like that. But if you do out there, I can only imagine, you know, the struggle it is on a day to day basis to look at it and say, hey, you know what? I don't want to, but I feel I'm so sad. I'm so depressed that I feel like I need to, you know. And so it's, it's, it's a sad reality of not even just athletes, but it's a sad reality of people in general. You know, they're always looking for something to fill that void. And so for me, filling that voice was 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 challenging myself in different ways, you know, going, going, doing a hot yoga, no matter how embarrassed I was the first time. I love hot yoga. I'm a big proponent of it. You know, it really challenged me in a lot of ways that I never thought I would, you know, getting outdoors. You know, I've never been an outdoorsy person. I'm I'm from I'm from Los Angeles. You know, (laughs) I'm from Los Angeles and I'm out here. Hiking the woods like I belong there. I'm climbing trees trying to be a bear or something. I don't know what there I'm doing out there. Yeah. So it's <laughs> one of those things, man, like challenging myself, making sure that I'm busy, that I do stuff, that I talk to people, that I'm an advocate for it, you know, it puts it at the forefront. So there's nothing that I need to feel that I need to hide when it comes to yeah. my part of the program. When I was a student athlete, I felt it was my responsibility to hold back some of those conversations um, simply because, I, I didn't think it was the right time or place. You know, I was scared yeah. a little bit. I didn't I I didn't know the repercussions of of potentially speaking out about this. And I think that's that's something that I regret. You know, yeah. I wish I would have said something else. I wish I would have realized what I was going through because at first I was like, man, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> you know, what is going on? Why is why is my days dark and gray? You know, well, what you, know
0: it, you probably feel like that, but there's probably twenty other people that are going through it, man. Yeah. And so it, that's one of the things. was like
1: first of all, it, it was realizing, but it took me a long time to realize. Yeah. You know, and once it got there, it was just like, okay, well, I'm in a better place now. I don't feel like I need to talk about it anymore, you know. But I wish I would have.
0: Yeah. You know? But one
1: thing that I'm extremely proud of is that I I don't think any guys on the teams that I've been with can ever say that I that I wasn't present, that I wasn't there, that I wasn't somebody that they knew that they couldn't come to. And so all those young athletes out there, I'm imploring you, be that guy. Exactly. I promise you, 10 out of 10 times that that will go so much farther yep. and being progressive about this issue that will go so much farther as being teaching you what it is to be a leader, because sometimes a leader isn't the loudest, loudest guy in the room. Sometimes a no. leader is, even is even isn't that guy that's most athletic or the top dog. You know, there's there's a lot of leaders out there that I consider extremely, extremely grateful for you know, that didn't have those, uh, some of those more important roles, but man, they were a team player and, you know, and they knew who they are. I I express my gratitude towards them all the time. It's just one of those things, man. I've been fortunate to be around some really, really incredible young men, you know, yeah. and women for that part too. I have plenty of friends from, you know, other sports that I call all the time, you know, that, that, that I'm there for and that they're, that, that they're there for me. So, um, yeah reach out talk to somebody you know players exactly. talk, talk to your teammates talk to your coaches you know at the end of the day i'm sure that they want what's best for you you know and i know that they're going to be there for you you just got to be willing to take that step and if you see something that's out of out of you know kind of out of whack don't be afraid to go talk to that person you know yeah. always be that guy always be the guy it's kind of funny growing up um, where i grew up i don't know if it's just my dad thing or 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 if it's a Mexican thing or or whatever it is, man. But my dad was obsessed with like knowing his neighbors, and you know my grandpa was kind of the same way. Uh, my uncles are kind of the same way, so that's why I said I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's a stereotype. Um, but, man, he was, literally he got it to a point where he knew everybody uh, first and last name. He knew what kind yeah. of car they drove. He damn near knew their license plate number, man. He got to a point where he was a little scary, dog. And so, <laughs> it was one of those things, you know, because of that, it was always a point for me, it's like I got to know everybody in the room, you know. Yeah. And so that transitions a little bit into kind of sports. Know your coach's name. Know the athletic trainer's names. Know the GA's names. Yeah. Know the people that aren't as important as far as the role that they play in sports. Yeah. You know, exactly. know the people that you work with them. I mean, I made it a point to know the cafeteria ladies. I made yep. it a point to know the janitors just yep. because it, it was important to me to, to let them know that, hey, you're a big part of why I am who I am. Yep. And, and I, I wanted them to know that. And so, well, and that's so the, the besi-
0: behind the scenes, guys, the people that they, you don't see are are huge Mm-hmm. And, and so just seeing that you know with education I, that's what I, i'm a teacher so um exactly. it, you you think you know your tech person you think the janitorial staff you think your secretaries and your lunch ladies yeah. it, it's it goes down because you you know you're going to need them Mm-hmm. there's going to be a time where, where something's going to happen and you're going to need that person. Oh. Um, and so being a human and caring about someone, I think it all all goes back to caring, man. Mm-hmm. If, if we cared a little bit more about each other and, and, and less about what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. I think we'd be a far better world and far better place. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think, I think
1: what the, through that is, it's a little bit scary, you know, I mean, you, yeah. you think about dumb it down to a really basic example. You know, sometimes um, a group full of people, you know, there'll be a, a generic question asked, but nobody raises their hand. Yeah. Not because they don't feel or have an opinion about it, but just because of one reason, or one reason, or another. Maybe they're, they're a little scared, maybe yeah. a little uncomfortable. And sometimes that initial raising your hand, speaking out is extremely uncomfortable. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. You know, and so I want people and listeners out there to know that, hey, it's not just you. A lot of people mm-hmm. feel like that. But if they take that risk, you could you could potentially end up saving a life. You know, exactly. You, you never know, you know, or at the very least, you'll make somebody's name. Man, I think about it all the time, you know, somebody says, hey, how are you? And they actually want to know how, how how you're doing. Yeah. You know, you know, that's that's big for me. I think about that all day and I try to pay it forward. And it's, it's one of those things, a random act of kindness, even if it's as simple as, hey, man, how's your day? Yeah. You, is your mental OK? You know, yep. that's all yep. you need. That's all you need, man, sometimes. Um, but going back to the offensive line, lineman, uh, just kind of coming back. Um, yeah, they're in a great position. I think you mentioned a little bit earlier that um, they're meaty guys, that they, they've gained a lot of weight. Um, they have some experience, a pretty, pretty decent experience, if you ask a r- me. Yeah, pretty,
0: yeah. really, a really good experience with the guys yeah. that they've got coming back. Exactly.
1: So really good experience. I think they were under uh, great leadership, aka me, you know, just bragging a little bit, but I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, it's just one of those things, man. Um, I think they've, they those guys have been fortunate, one, to be outstanding men. And I think, um, and, and this is a little bit of a brag, I think Cy and I and, I, and the leaders before me, the seniors before me, um, they did a fantastic job creating that culture. Let them know, hey, this is the expectation of what the leader should be. This is the expectation of how we play and how we attack every single day, you know, not just game days. And so because of that, I think those guys really bought into the program and those are the right guys for this program. I think there's going to come a lot of wins with this team. I think there's going to be, like you said, a plethora. That's a big word for me, a plethora (laughs) of experience for a lot of those guys, you know, being able to to, to be in that role because they've been around football They've been through yeah. some adversity. They have great stories, and we'll talk about those one day when it's all said and done, you know. And so seeing them grow and progress and put themselves in a position, man, I think they're moving some people around. I think it's going to be a huge year when we talk about logistics and football. It's going to be a big rush year, I think. Yeah. You know, I think when well, you've it, got
0: you've got, uh, eight, Angel, you've got eight guys that have uh-huh. experience. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you've got – you know, th- three guys on the offensive tackle, three guys, offensive guard. And then you've got Skylar Martin, you yeah. know. Um, Six man a um, year, man, I'm telling you. Yep. And then you've got Forbes coming in from Nebraska. Yeah. Um, that he's has a
1: solid player too. He's a good player. I heard he's a good player.
0: I've heard he, he – I've heard that he might be getting the center job. I've heard that he's that good that he might just jump in there right off the bat.
1: I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, because no. re- realistically, for, I mean, I'm and I'm being totally honest with this. Yeah. When I think about those. Uh, there's multiple players that can oh, yeah. stay at every position. Yeah. You know? There's a rotation of guys, and that's what you want. You yep. see the most successful teams, they not only have great starters, but they have almost uh, just as good, you know, backups.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and, and Coach Hauk has ha- said that he wants to go 8-12 deep. Um right now they're about 8 or 9. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm sure they'll be using this spring to develop um what they've already have and develop yeah. those younger guys to yeah. bring along. Um I, I just think that they they're just they're just creating and building this this legacy of offensive linemen yeah. um where that that that's where you win, man. That's defensive line, offensive line. That's where you win. That's where the Winning game chances. is won. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so you know, where I I'm not necessarily going to say this is who's going to start, uh, because honestly, you know that that could change. Um, I'm not <laughs> I'm I'm not a betting man, so um, I'm not going to put any money down. Um, I know that we've got some really good guys: Dylan Cook, Colton Kynes, uh, Colin Beaver, uh, Cordell Moses, Skyler Tyler, um, and then Forbes coming in. Those are really guys that have experience. Mm-hmm. And I really see those guys, um, kind of mentoring, um, those younger guys that we have mm-hmm. and, and you, Angel, you can, um, talk to this. What is, what is it like to mentor some younger players in the offensive line? Um, because I know that, you know, offensive line, um, you know, the, the mantras that Dola, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that group is, is tight. And Mm -hmm. you are one together, you know, you play together, you know, each person has a job, you move together, you go forward, you know. Um, So what is it like to, to really feel that having to mentor those younger guys Mm -hmm. and do you really put like a, uh, like a lot of effort into that? Oh, that probably for me,
1: was the single most important thing. Um, one, I'm a listener, like I would mentioned. So mm-hmm. I really took it seriously when I was an underclassman and the upperclassmen spoke. I listened to the way that they, they they talked about things. I listened to their demeanor on a consistent basis. I, I watched out for, for signs of, hey, good days and bad days you know what do they how do they handle that adversity how do they handle those problems you know one one of the biggest things you know um and i and this is a testimony to just the types of players that have been around. This is I've just really been fortunate to be around extremely strong leadership. I, I like to think of myself as relatively lucky. I read this book just recently by Jocko Willings, um, Willings or Willings or something like that. Um, uh, but he's an ex Navy SEAL. Um, he spent a lot of time uh, around extremely strong leadership, especially being part of the the you know the SEAL team. Um, and so because of that, he talks you know how a little bit he got really lucky, and that's how I feel a little bit. You know, I was extremely lucky to be around solid, solid dudes, you know, that knew from all realms how to be leaders, but from all realms, how to be listeners too, and how mm-hmm. to do things together, how to figure out uh, solutions as a whole, how to, how to not even, not even that making time for each other. One of the things that's underrated as, as, as a football player. And I think people can express to this, that the the camaraderie of the team meeting on the weekends meeting, um, outside of football, going to get food together, you know, one of the things that we did every every Thursday, every Thursday after I walked there, we'd figure out a place and we'd go sit down and we eat and we talk, you know, we, we there's a lot of jokes going around, a lot of fat jokes, a lot of food jokes <laughs> in my position, but, you know, being around those guys, man, it really developed a friendship. Yeah. So one, it made it easy for me, man. It made it easy for me to lead those guys, you know, because one, I've been around such strong leadership and two, I knew what what I wanted the culture to be. Sai knew what he the one want, he wanted the culture to be. And it was one that was, hey, let's do this together. There's no hierarchy here. It's working together. It's figuring out a solution. How are we going to get this done? How are we going to do this? And yes. so it it was it was work on a consistent basis, you know, but those guys made it as easy as it possibly could be because they sat there, they respected what I brought to the table, they respected what Sai brought to the table and they listened, you know, they listened. because they, they saw it from a way from a different perspective. Okay, that relates to me, you know? And they knew yeah. that I just wanted the best for me. You knew I was an advocate about being there for them. And so because of that, it created a lot of trust. And another thing is, is that you gotta be lead by example. You know, exactly. a lot of these guys knew my, my story personally and they're always telling me, you know, how proud they are of me. And That's the most important thing, man. I sit here and I say, hey man, they were proud of me. You know, yeah. they were proud of me and they know what I went through. And it's just like, man, I don't care. I don't care about anything else. Any accolades that I've ever accumulated over my athletic career in high school and in college and the, the different things that I've the great things that I've done, you know, I, I, the fact that they saw me as a guy that they could trust and that they they kind of you know let me lead them a little bit in a lot of ways. Um, I think that's one of the most humbling things, dude. Really, truly yeah. really one of the most humbling things being around those guys. And so, um, so it takes a lot of effort, man. But when you're around good guys that are selfless like that, um, it makes it, it it makes it enjoyable and it makes it fun. I mean, you think about even coaches too; they love coaching those guys and so. Um, yeah. But I can say that around it's around all the guys on the team.
0: Well, when it comes when it comes down to you know offensive line, do you think that you know, honestly, every athlete, every person, even is going to face adversity. 100%. Um. Yeah. It just no matter where where you're at in your life, if you're not facing adversity, you're running from it, yeah. and and you're yeah. not going to be successful. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, going as an athlete, do you think that offensive linemen um, face more adversity, or you know, do you think just athletes in in general just face adversity? And there's no, you know, more uh, more adversity that uh, each no. position plays. Every every.
1: every- it, it's it's that kind of you you, you kind of generalize that question um, to just people in general everybody has their own struggle some worse than yeah. others some better than others um, but they all have their struggles in their own way and so it's the same exact thing when it comes to the positions you know offensive line deal with a different set of problems that um, maybe a cornerback my face you know but you don't know where they're from. You don't know their stories. You don't know the reasons why they're there and their goals and their aspirations. You know, one of the most disheartening things is is that some guys realize early in the career that, Hey, you know what, that big NFL start that I was going to be, it's not going to, that's not going to be the case. And it's tough to accept the fact that, Hey, you know what, maybe I wasn't meant um, to be this big shining superstar. And it's kind of a punch in the throat, you know, punch in the face because it's like they've worked so hard to, one, build themselves up, but it gets to a point where it's like sometimes you just don't have it, you know? Yeah. I I pride myself, and in, in, in I tell this to everybody. He was like, I'm not an athletic guy. You tell me to run a straight line, I'm, I'm not very fast. I'm not <laughs> extremely strong. But, you know, I kind of took that approach that um that, that kind of rock takes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen it firsthand from a lot of other guys that humbled me, like I'm going to be the best damn hardest worker in the room, yep. or at least try yep. to be on a consistent basis. You know, and so because of that, it put me in a position to say, okay, I'm like I said, I'm not the most gifted, but there's other ways that I can make up for it. And I think everybody needs to hear that. You may not be the strongest, the smartest, the fastest, everything far in between, but what you do can control is your attitude and your effort. And you hear that a lot in the sports world, you know, but it's one of those things you can do it. You know, it just really depends on a day to day basis to work like anything else. Uh, A quote that I heard the other day is like, being rich is hard. Uh, being broke is hard. Being, uh, you know, a good person's hard. Being a bad person's hard. But at the end of the day, it's choose your heart. Yeah. And I chose my heart to be okay. How am I going to be the best um, damn player? How am I going to be the best leader? How am I going to be the best man? You yeah. know. And because of that, it's never led me astray. So anybody out there, and this is applicable to any parts of anybody's life. You know, it's all well, hard. Choose well, your heart.
0: I- I think that, you know, I, I can't remember the quote, but I'm kind of just kind of paraphrasing that, yep. you know, the, the everyone goes through hard things, adversity, but, you know, if you're probably that 10% that isn't the most athletic but works hard, yep. you can outwork somebody. And you see oh, yeah. this in, 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 in the, you know, the basketball tournament. You can outwork the most athletic person and be more successful than them because most people, when they become, when they confront adversity, they'll quit. Yep. So you're one of those, you know, the 10% that just keep on going and just punch through adversity and keep on going. You're going to be successful And no matter whatever you come to, you're going to be successful.
1: Exactly, man. Exactly. Like you said, it's, it's that, that, that hope, that quote, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. You know, you hear it time and time again in the sports world, but it's just, it's, it's applicable, man. You could you can do that in any aspect of your life, and yep. you know, I I was never perfect. I'm never gonna be perfect. There's some days where I wake up and I'm like, man, I don't want to go to the gym yep. and go walk and go work out and go go you know do active stuff. But it's like, you know what? I think about those times and I go back to them. Like, okay, I know somebody's doing it know yep. somebody in my position with with where circumstances has been there and they've overcame those odds and yep. uh, just thinking about let's let's talk about it really quick about the success stories of some awesome awesome man people that have been being that played offensive line. Um, damn near almost every offensive line uh, person that I, that I've that I've been a part of or that I've had the pleasure of working with over the past couple of years they've all lost you know over 100, almost a hundred hundred pounds each That's you know, awesome. different practices. That's you know awesome. they, they they're they're going on to start great careers. You know they put themselves in a position where they value their bodies and they value their mental aspect and they're advocates for it and they're involved in the communities. Man, I look at that, and I'm like, man, why not me? Yeah, exactly. Why can't why can't I do that? You yeah. know, there's no reason. So I wake up on a daily day basis saying, hey, you know, I may not have the most motivation, but I'm gonna say that I have discipline. You know, I'm disciplined exactly. to wake up and do what I need to do. And I think uh, uh, a lot of people um, can find. Um, kind of strengthen that. You know, one of the things that I that I learned out last year was there's this person that was talking about how he doesn't really believe in motivation, you know. I do believe in motivation, but oh, yeah. he talked about the more importance of being disciplined because when you're disciplined, you're going to do the stuff that you hate to do because you're disciplined enough to do it every yep. single day. And I was just like, man, it's uncomfortable. It's hard. Choose your heart. And I chose that to be my heart, you know.
0: Yep. I tell my yep. students every day, you know, you're, you're not going to quit. You're going to show some grit. And we say that every day, I'm not yeah. going to quit. I'm going to show some grit because your life's hard, you know, yep. and, and you yep. can complain about it all you want, but if you're going to complain about it, you're not going to be successful. You know, you're going to have this, you're going to have depression no matter what. And, and it's just, it's not going to. Um, and so, you know, I was taught as a young kid, you know, you start something, you finish it, you work hard yep. and, you know, that's gotten me to where I am. I wasn't the most athletic. I love sports. I love playing sports. Um, I was not going to be a college athlete. I was Mm -hmm. not going to be an NFL athlete. Um, but I was, I outworked people. I, I that that, that's what I did. And so, Uh um, I know that some listeners wanted to, to talk about adversity and also talk about some of the rules and some of the things that um, players go through in season. And so I kind of, I know uh, Angel and I both wanted to kind of give um, some time to that and yeah. just, you know, cause we want, we want to hear from the, the listener, what you guys want to hear. Um, we're here for you guys. Um, and so, you know, I know that that came up, and so let's just talk about that, Angel. You know, we've kind of went over adversity, um, but what were some of the rules that you know, as a former athlete, um, that you guys had to you know abide by? You know, partying in the you know college campus is is there? Um, it's just it's it is. It's just going to be there. You know, what were some of the things that you saw?
1: Well uh that's really loaded question because there's there's a lot there's a lot of temptation and I think that's uh, that just goes that you can that's pretty applicable across anybody. anybody can mm-hmm. sit there and say, hey, you know what there, there was temptations in college to do X, y, z and uh, as a football player, those same temptations are there. We're not made of steel, you know we're a lot of guys we're big dummies you know we're, we're extremely intelligent intelligent in a lot of ways, but actually big dummies in a lot of other ways too. We're kids. You know, you think about 18, 19 years old. I mean, the, the listeners that are a little older, you look back at your youth and you're like, man, I was a kid. Some might even be in a place where they feel they're closer to their 30s and 40s. And like, man, I'm still a kid. I'm still learning. You know? <laughs> yeah. I haven't got there yet, man. I'm waiting for the day where it clicks, but it hasn't, you know, I, yeah. and that's what I pride myself. I tell everybody, I don't know nothing about nothing. Like I think Joe Rogan says all the time, I don't know. I don't know anything, you know, so I'm kind of the same exact way. I, that's why that's a big reason why I listen. Um. But let's just get real. I mean, there's no question about it. There's a lot of drinking, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. You're on a yeah. campus. You're on a campus. Yeah, You have the freedom for the first time where mommy and daddy don't have to tell you to come home at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. You're, you're surrounded, you know by women all day long you're so su- they're surrounded by quote unquote the boys you know so uh so those temptations are there to go out to go party to go chase after some of those temptations um uh, to go get into things that you probably shouldn't let's just let's just get really honest about it and a lot and some guys yep. can't handle that they don't know how to handle that you yep. know it gets to the point where they're 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 um destructive drinking you know they're, they're not even going out to have a good time they're, they're just you know really mm chasing after something on some type of satisfaction, man. And it's just, uh, that's way too apparent. So those temptations are there. But so that's why it's great that those coaches have those rules. Like, Hey, you, you, and they may be dumb rules and they're pretty logical. Hey, no downtown, you know, no downtown during the season. Don't go out. You know stay home stay together go watch football together and so that's why they encourage getting together as a group and that's why we big that's why we did it majorly because we spent so much time focusing on football and let me just let me just walk you through a normal day for me
0: yeah you know, yeah normal. definitely
1: man and i think this will, this will provide some great perspective you know you would up some guys were up earlier than others because they had to make they had to gain weight so they were up at you know 4 30 4 30 making meals um, and then from there, driving to the facility, and driving to the facility in Missoula, Montana, during the winter time is a rough, rough drive. But luckily, you know, you don't have crazy, crazy, crazy bad weather during the season, which is awesome. We have actually relatively beautiful, you know, weather. Um, so you get yeah. there really early in the morning. You have a 5:45 lift. But the thing is, as far as when Nicholson was there, um, it was be there 15 minutes early, 15 minutes early, rolling out in the morning. So you'd be there early so you'd have to be there be leaving at your house latest you know 505 latest you're pushing it there you know get dressed um some guys would be eating and after that go roll out go have you know go work out for a couple hours after that um depending on how you set your schedule up um You'd go to class all day um you'd have little l- little portions of time where you were like okay do i have enough time to go home and take a nap because i'm exhausted for the weeks and weeks of doing this you know yeah so you find trying to find ways on top of that um there's mandatory study hall hours that you have to follow on a weekly basis so some, some guys will try to sprinkle that in during the day other guys will try to do it at the end of the day and then after that you get to a point where um i think it was two o'clock two o'clock where when we're meeting started and so you leave your one o'clock class um, after after class was done at two o'clock. Go all the way to meetings. Sit at meetings for you know however long it was. Start at practice three uh, thirty. I think it was around three thirty. Um, luckily with with Hal, they were relatively decent, not crazy long. They were about two hours of practice, two hours and fifteen. To you know maybe maybe a little longer than that. Um, but with with Stit, you know they were three and a half hour practice. Oh 3:30. really. The thing is, the intensity levels was, was brought down a lot when I was playing for Stit. But um just standing around, moving around like that for three and a half hours, you know, it gets exhausting, you know. Oh yeah. And so um after that, you you know, you'd have to rush the food too because it closed at a certain time, you know, after get some food, and then after that, some guys would be like, you know what? I need to go, I need to go to study hall, even if even if they didn't have homework to do or study to do, you know, it, it it's a good practice in, in theory, but a lot of those guys were like I don't need to be going, you know, to study for hours a day, but they needed to be there because it's mandatory. So they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out something to do there, you know. They're, they're not allowed to be on their phones because they have a person monitoring us and making sure we're not, you know, kind of messing around so they'd have to be on the computer doing something. Um, so, and then after that, by the time you got home, oh, man, that was, it was 9 o'clock. It was 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you know. And on top of that, it's not included. Maybe sometimes they did have to study for some. Maybe they had a big test. I know college, college students all the time, they pull overnighters, you know. Oh, yeah. Do do that with a you know on a on a football schedule too. You know it, it's it's extremely tough and I and there's and that's not to you know downplay you know how tough it is to be a student too. You know and being working a full time job, but it's it's a different type of hard too. You know a, a hard that not a lot of people get to experience. And so man, it was tough doing that. And so being able to, to sprinkle in those those the, those those rules, it helped us keep us on a schedule. But at the same time, it was like, man, you're exhausted. You don't got time for nothing else, and the time that you did get off, because you spent it so working so hard for something, what do you want to do? You want to go party, you know? For 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 for, for me personally, it was I, you want to go be chasing girls, you know? You you want to want to want to go, you want to be the man on campus and go do whatever you feel it's necessary to do, you know? You but you need some way to decompress, and I'm yeah. telling you right now, that's not the way to do it, you know. Yeah. It, it, it took it took some time, but then I, it, once you realize, hey, this isn't it, you realize, OK, this is this is not the way to handle things, you know, because it's providing temporary relief, you know, for 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 something that's that's underlying and something that's real. So that's why I applaud those coaches being able to set those ground rules because they, they may see dumb to some people, but they keep them in check. they keep them in line yeah. and encouraging to get together and go out to eat. get together and watch some football. That was how I was saying, hey, get every, everybody, I want you guys to be together this weekend. I want you guys to go watch some football. I want you to spend it with each other for, for holidays. If you guys have no place to go, let us know. We'll find you a place. You know, if you need something, let us know. We'll go put you here. We'll go put you there. You know, it's it's those tough conversations. And like I said, they may seem dumb, but they, they keep a lot of those guys in check because we're figuring it out just like anybody else. You know, and yeah. we're just fortunate enough uh, to, to have. Uh, uh some some coaches that 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 are mentors to us that you know put us in a place that's like okay it's it's bigger than just drinking and and, and, and chasing girls on the weekend and, and getting into trouble you know just yeah. like any, any other college student you know but the thing is we have a microscope under our nose uh it's you awesome. know being being looked at a different uh, life uh, a different kind of lens i think as as yeah. opposed to an old person and we welcome that we love that but at the same time man it gets it gets exhausting
0: well, I can't imagine, you know, uh, with all that you just kind of went, went through and, yeah. you know, plus, you know, there's been some athletes in, uh, university of Montana that have had to work yep. that have had kids, oh yeah. uh, and wives, yeah. um, chase Reynolds, he, he's had, you know, he had, he was married and had kids yeah. and had to work and, um, that, that just blows my mind. And just the, the just the schedule and the daily grind that a student athlete goes through mm-hmm. um, is just, I don't think many people know. Yeah. Um, and then you look at, okay, well, yeah, these bigger schools. Yeah. They have uh, meal plans, you know, like the Alabama and Ohio state. Yeah. They have meal plans. They don't have to really, you know, they get their food whenever they want, but you know, university of Montana does not really have a meal plan when it considers like, you know, when the, like you said, food zoo was, Close, it's closed. It's a, you're on your own, yep. yeah. Yeah, uh, um, I've, I've been really fortunate. And this is, uh, um, uh,
1: you know, that, that those last couple years that uh Hauk has been here, he's he was able to get a meal plan for the players, yeah. which has been you know game changing. You know, being able to get in there is awesome because one, it provides a meal and it provides a lot of food too because it gets expensive yeah. as a student. Like I told you, you know, damn near 10,000 calories, easy, yeah. easy, you know, with some yeah. of the stuff that I was eating. And so it was like, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a beer budget, but I need champagne products you know i need high quality protein i need high quality you know things that i'm putting into my body in the same time it's like i may need a couple bad things too in order for me to be as big as i am i'm not i'm not advocating for that i think you should try to be as clean as you can but realistically you know it's easy to go down the street get a mcdonald's burger for a dollar fifty you know as opposed to spending time and money and resources you know on a nice steak or a nice a nice chicken breast, you know, quality stuff, you know, it can get pricey too, especially if you want it to taste pretty decent too. So it's just one of those things, man. It's just like, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, but I've been fortunate enough to see both ends of the spectrum. I've been fortunate enough to see, you know, kind of the transitioning of what it was and how it's progressing. And it's like, it's awesome to see, like I said, just the simple fact that we have a a food to meal plan. It's awesome. You know, as opposed to you know, I was with Stit. It was just he was still those those first couple of years. He was getting to know that he was busy fundraising for for certain things, and you know, it just was a thing that they just couldn't afford. You know, yeah. so for me personally, for the offensive line, what they ended up doing is that they, they they had to share the stipend. You know, they had to use some of the stipend to for for us to be able to afford a foods and meal plan. But that left us pocketed you know four hundred five hundred bucks in order to, and that went straight to rent. You know. And that's all you had. There's literally yeah. nothing else that you got in. And so, so that's why some of those guys – and I was on scholarship. Some of those guys don't get nothing, you know, just yeah. because there's no money in the program. And so yeah. it's like uh, – so they have to be able to fend for themselves and find jobs and work late nights and early mornings and sprinkle in on the weekends. And, you know, there's different – there's different ways to do it. And, and it's tough. It's tough. Don't get me wrong. But, but it, you know, it just goes to show, like, hey, some guys are doing all three, uh, yeah. even all four, being a father, you know, uh, yeah. Being uh, finding a job, being a football player, being a student athlete—you know, yeah. oof,
0: can you imagine? I can't, I can't. I can't imagine. I, I yeah. can't imagine. You know, being a dad and, and you know having a job and and, and a husband yeah. is hard. I can't imagine being a student athlete. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Angel, let's go into that. You know, we, we want to go over tight ends. Let's yeah. go over yeah. our, uh, the tight end position. Um, you know. We, we, you know, what do we lose? We lose Colin Bingham, um, for, you know, uh, tight end, you know, we have some experience there. Uh, Matt Rensvold, um, is coming off of a injury. You know, one thing that I I think this long layoff has, is, you know, kind of good for is, you know, there's, everybody's going to be hopefully healthy after the spring, um, season, because, you know, you've had, you know, 18, 19 months off, Mm -hmm. um, And so, you know, you have Matt Rensvold, who's played about 14 games. Uh, Joey Elwell, who's played, uh, I believe, probably like nine games. And then uh, Bryson Deming, um, who has, you know, 25 games worth of experience there as well. So, um, you know, you have uh, Grossman, who has gone over from linebacker to tight end as well. He brings more of an athletic presence, an amazing athlete. Um, and, you know, we have uh, Jake Olson, who's a freshman that will be coming in um, this fall, who is pretty big, 6'7", um, 240, 250, uh, very, very fast, runs like a wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that area, tight end, um, is pretty good. You know, you, you look at, you it's know, offensive yet. offensive line, you know, you think it's good. And then you go down to the tight ends and you see these guys that are just big fast, athletic. Um, And so tight ends. What do you think about the tight end position? Well, first of all, let me
1: just tell you this, that Colin Bingham was a tank. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he was he was he was a little trucker, man. I'm telling you. And um, just a little bit about Colin. He's one of the most sincere guys that I know. You know, he's really proactive in in learning and studying uh, just culture. You know, in society and in general. So I really applaud him for them. I really appreciate for that. Um, He kind of invited me this past year to be part of a book club, um, which is absolutely awesome. Dude, dude is 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 a tank of not only of a football player, but he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal guy to be around Um, looking just kind of going. Obviously, that's that's a loss, you know. But yeah. he is such a leader. He's been so consistent throughout the four years that he's been there. He's played a lot of football. And I think because of that, you know, Deming's kind of transitioning into that role. He's played a lot of football, you know, and he's he's a pretty dang good player too. And so that's only gonna add to the strength of the team because he's familiar with the program. Um yeah. we'll shout out to Cole. Um, his story is absolutely incredible. A transitioning from the defensive side to the offensive side, and um, just the type of man that he is. So a little bit tidbit um, um, about just the type of guy that he is. I remember that I'd go over to, you know, whoever's house, you know, he because football players are always moving and they're always living with different players. Who's house he was living with? Um, and I remember I came over on a Friday night, and I think I was done with football. And I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go do something fun. Let's go have some fun, and whatever. Uh, and he was just like, nope, Friday's a work day for me. I said what excuse me he said well on uh, well, fridays friday nights i spent all night doing homework i spent all night just prepping myself mentally physically saturday morning i, I go, go and get extra work friday nights i'm, I'm studying you know the game i'm studying um just school work in general getting stuff done um and i'm like i was sitting there i was like wow that inspired me you know just thinking about, him making that sacrifice on a consistent basis. And I told him, I said, why are you doing that? You know, I was kind of like, didn't understand it at first. I said, why are you doing that? What's the point of this? You know, and he was just like, it's important to me. I want to be good. I want to be the best yeah. teammate I can be. You know, that's just a little tidbit about Cole, and it just goes to show the character um, and the sacrifices he willing to make in order to, you know, be a team player. It's absolutely yeah. incredible, and it inspired me when I heard it. You know, continue down the line, Matt Renswold, man, what a guy. A couple injuries, you know, yeah. on all on the knees, I think. If oh I'm yeah, yeah, right. yeah. All torn ACLs, um, um, on both legs, uh, multiple times, um, and being able to consistently come back and say, "I want to be here. I want to do this." You know, think about that. A lot yeah, of guys tear the leg once and they're done. You know. Yep. And he yep. comes back, comes back. What a team player that guy is, and also he's a phenomenal guy too. One of the quietest guys you know I've I've, I've ever known too. At least when I first initially met him. <laughs> I thought that maybe there was something wrong with me, man, or I wasn't asking the right question, man. Because <laughs> he's just super laid back, you know, super quiet, super chill. And but he's a phenomenal guy. I see him from time to time. So shout out Maddie, you know. Um, down the line, like you said, Joey Elwell. He, he he was young when I got there, but now you said he, he's had some time to develop, and I'm sure he's yeah. developed just fine, you know. And so it just kind of think about those guys. They're like I go back to the, the kind of the concept. Everybody has their own story. Everybody has a little bit of adversity that they, they come through and they, they face. But look at them now. You know, yeah. there, there's some experience there. There's some opportunity there for sure. Um, I'm excited to see how it kind of plays out. I want to see how many touchdowns um, Cole can, act, can score this year. I think he's extremely athletic. Um, yes. Um, yeah, and versatile, and because of that, I think he's just a great player in general. Obviously, Deming, everybody knows what he's about. He's a clutch player too. Comes in, um, it's kind of like the savior. You don't really know you need him until he starts makes those big catches, you know. Yeah. And, and he he does a great job communicating with the offensive line because we work closely together on some blocks and just some schemes and stuff. So I think it's gonna be an awesome year, man. I'm really excited about it. Um, it um, will be
0: interesting it'll be interesting yeah. to see how they use grossman um yeah. just with his athletic ability yeah. and i i saw during you know uh, the pandemic like him um doing some route work and, and some catches and i was just like that dude's a tight end, like, yeah. looks like he's like a like a wide receiver out there yeah. grabbing one-handed catches and yeah. and stuff like that. So it'll be really interesting how they use him and also Bryson uh, Deming. Um, well, if, if
1: Cole's listening to this, stop in the little show off, you hear me? <laughs> but,
0: um, I'm just kidding man. He's, he's a good guy man. And
1: that's the thing I mean you saw him personally on his own accord out there you know yep. making plays doing what he ever has, whatever he had to do he's committed yep. he's committed and that they're all committed like that too you know in, in different ways it's just that's the one experience when it comes to Cole that sticks out for me you know just uh, how he was uh, you know on that Friday night and I was like damn Okay, I need to step of my game, you know, and so what well, <laughs> can I do to stay in on a Friday night, you know? Um, so yeah, no, it's pretty awesome. And like you said, man, it's a, it's one of those things. I think they're in the right place where they have they, they lean on each other. They have some great, you know leadership in Cole and they have some great leadership in Deming and Rensvold and they all have incredible stories to, you know, so if you guys ever get a chance to, to listen to those stories or ask them about those stories, I'm sure they'd be more than willing to, you know, kind of share the two cents on it. And hopefully down the road, once you're kind of done with their collegiate career, then come back and they can tell some, you know, funny stories about some of the experience that they've been through or some of the hardships that they faced as a football players. And, you know, some of the stigmas that may be associated with just football in general. So shout out those guys. I wish them the best, you know,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah, in two weeks we'll have some some football, man. Oh two dude, weeks. I am ready. Goodness. Ready. Me. I might
1: yeah, I'm- I'm go running on the field myself. Who knows? <laughs> in the middle of the game.
0: Exactly. Start running around. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, dude. It's gonna be a good time. Um it it's it's extremely, extremely exciting time because I feel like we get two seasons in one year. Um oh, yeah. Yep. Which is super, super awesome. I mean, I'm gonna take it full advantage of being there, you know, and being uh, even being a resource for the team if I can be. you know, I have no problem sitting there and going to how and say, hey man, how can I help to ensure the yep. success? even if it's just say, hey, you know what, just text the players see if they're okay. all right, you got it, you know And it's, yep. it's like I see great things for the program. Um, and it's I'm just excited to see it kind of unfold. You know, I think it's about a time. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm coming in a little early on it, but I think it's about time that we get a ring. Um, it's, it's, it sounds nice. Obviously, that's that's in the fall, but um, but I think it's about time where 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 the pieces are together, and so we're gonna see how they yeah. play out. You know. So I know those guys are ready to run through a wall, man. So there's a lot of testosterone in those rooms. So I'm glad I'm not there anymore. So um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, just, I think I think we we have a lot of of good talent, a, a right. lot of good leadership. Mm-hmm. I think you know you put it together. Yeah. Um, it'll be really interesting, too, Angel, to see these um, teams that are playing the spring ball right now, the six games or the eight games, how they transition from that into you know a summer workout and then back into fall to see the difference between a team that hasn't and a team that has to see you know the injuries i know cal poly um has um left the season for the spring because they've they've had what they were down to 49 guys out of their 110 i believe um and so you know i I don't know how how bad those injuries are, but man, if you think, you know, over almost half your team is out on injury, where are you going to be in the fall? Yeah, yeah.
1: It, so, man, you said, I don't know, man. It's 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 the game of football is so interesting because there's so much that plays into it, Um, and it's uh it's it's going to be interesting to see where they take it after the season, just because it's a ch- shorter time frame in order. I I think to get ready for you know an actual full schedule. Um, yeah. So I mean I'm I'm praying I'm hoping on both ends of the spectrum that it's a uh, it's it's healthy it's a safe game it's a fun game and it really just puts us in position just to continue to grow you know Exactly exactly yeah. And those coaches will find man they'll find something to yell about and they'll on those Sunday, Oh yeah oh yeah Sunday, man, so it it, it, it it they'll be okay they'll figure out things to work on
0: for sure I <laughs> think it's the perfect game it's not so It's not <laughs> Yeah Well yeah. you know going forward listeners this Thursday we're going to go into QBs and running backs and we're going to kind of break down um the positions um and we're going to have a preview um for you guys on each position leading up to those games in April um against Central Washington and um Portland State sorry I wanted to say Sac State for some reason that's so weird Portland State um and so yeah, that's what we're headed towards. Uh, make sure that you get a hold of us. If you want to hear something, guys, uh, we are here for you guys. We want to hear from you. Get in uh, and, and hook with us on our platforms our Instagram at Fight on Montana, Twitter at Fight on Montana, our Facebook page at Fight on Montana. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, hit those um, awesome five stars, and uh, we will check you out next time. Yep, next week, man, be there.